0: Welcome to the School of Calisthenics Podcast with Tim and Jacko. Answering your calisthenics questions, helping you to redefine your impossible. If you want more great content from us, you can find us
1: on social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a great YouTube channel where you can get in touch with us and ask your questions there.
0: Let's get into these questions now. Welcome back to the School of It is Q&A number nine, and also doubling up as our audition for
1: BBC Breakfast. <laughs> We're available. <laughs> Let us know. Got these. I got our furniture
0: going. The pallets. I like the. <laughs> and I'm, I've done that before. It's a little bit, why well, don't you just do it then to me? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm back as question master, you'll be glad to hear. Apparently, we didn't get any criticism last time, but it was long, wasn't it? I had a number of emails come in uh, asking why I wasn't asking the questions. I
1: watched it back and was like, "Cracky, it, they go on a bit, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Anyway, we're going to kick off with an interesting one that came in from Simon Steiner. Yes. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Saying, did you guys ever discuss nutrition in one of your videos or posts? Now, Simon, obviously, you should have just gone back and checked all of them. Yes. But we will address that now. Um, not necessarily around uh, basics, calorie surplus deficit, but um, more around different dietary trends and discoveries like fats versus carbs as primary energy sources. I would be curious to know what you both think on this. Crikey. Could you have Tim, started with Open easy up one. the can oh of worms. Of, well, so I'll start with this, because Tim's doing a lot at the moment on, uh, or has been exploring things a little bit differently and taking a little bit more of a different uh, and i too have as well but you've been gone full gun blow with like just how you take going about your nutrition at the moment and you're on instagram stories has been putting up some awesome stuff on there so I would okay. be nice for you to yeah. just give us a little bit of insight into where it's come from and, and where you're going with it uh, currently
1: i i this this topic has come up a bit more recently since we've started maybe just showing a little bit more about what our nutrition looks like and I, I generally try and stay away from it a little bit but talking to people, because it's such a grey area and I'm, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian so I'm literally speaking from my own experiences and what I've found works. And that's probably my first takeaway point is what works for me doesn't work for you, like it's different and that's the, uh, the, the complex thing about nutrition. That's the police. Is the, They're uh, going to get
0: the police. I know.
1: That the that, ban- that's, that's the fitness professionals on Facebook they are about to absolutely hammer me for talking about nutrition. There's the
0: banter, police.
1: What do you mean you don't track your macros? Um, anyway, yeah, so I found out like, what works for me. Um, and that's, that's m- primarily come as a result of some, some trial and error. So I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I have tried a, diff- a number of different nutritional strategies. I even got a jacket on one called Carb Backloading, which was, a, was like the holy grail. It's like you basically don't eat any food all day. Well, you do, but like no carbs. And then you train at four o'clock, and then you get to eat ice cream in the evening. And mm-hmm. there's, there's some there's some science behind it, which you can go and read if you want to. Mm. It is science, but it's right, but it's good science or not, it's different. It's a different conversation. Um, and the, the habits one, it generates. Yes, yeah, 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 it's not great. Like I was going home and literally eating Wheato's and ice cream. <laughs> Wheato's, for those that aren't in the UK, is like a really poor quad chocolate cereal, but it so good times, and I got quite lean doing it. Like you wake up in the morning go, I should be really fat, but actually I look all right. Um, and, but, uh, so it, it was basically like every other, every other form of like nutritional plan or strategy. It was just creating a, a calorie deficit. I wasn't eating a lot during the, the day, and then I was just making up some calories in the evening. I guess it's similar to what people would do with like if it fits your macros and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't matter, they say, it doesn't matter where your, your um, nutrients come from or calories come from. Sugar's are sugar, carbs are carb, blah, blah, blah. Um, the one good thing I did, I'm pleased to say I don't do that anymore, but the one good thing that I took away from it is it really taught me about carbohydrate tolerance, or my carb tolerance, um, and actually what I need to do is have a little bit more freedom and flexibility in my diet. So taking a relatively extreme approach, but then bringing it back into a point where it was a bit more manageable. So I know that I don't—I can't eat that many carbs, it just doesn't work for me, it's for not a number of reasons I won't go into, but I, I maintain a relatively low carb diet, but eat them strategically around training and and for lifestyle enjoyment. I'm not scared of that sort of stuff and nobody should be. But I do think that people have a different tolerance and a different balance and what works for them doesn't, uh, is different. So my, my take-home point, and this is why I don't talk about nutrition, because I end up going down a rabbit hole somewhere and it, it, we end up in somewhere I didn't even mean to, to be. <laughs> <coughs> but the upshot of that is over a period of years, and, and that's another take-home point, is don't try and change things overnight. Like this has been an evolving process. But I now own a dehydrator and I am eating more raw foods. And I've got some vegan cookbooks, and I'm having a vegetarian day. And that, I'm still eating meat, but I've just got a lot less sort of restrictive around what I'm doing. I'm looking to get stuff which is um, locally produced, which is organic, which is cleaner sort of foods. I don't eat any crap really at all. Um, and it's just yeah, I've, I've, it's back, it's basics essentially. Yeah, yeah. And what's 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 I'm gonna let you jump in on this yeah. in a second, but what is amazing about nutrition for me is it's like the heart of the diet the better it is so we once in the gym we had a guy came in he's like "I want a protein fast everybody all about today is butter pineapple and potato and i'm like what are you doing at what point did someone put that together and go that's that is going to make you lose weight i'm like get
0: like get real yeah. with it and actually think about it logically yeah i think sometimes like you said the harder the better make it make it almost like they want to make it a challenge um I think the other thing you didn't say was that um, stop taking any supplements. Like you don't yes. take any protein no, no. or anything now, um, and just getting like your protein in throughout the day, being most important and like a, a supplement is supposed to be a supplement, it's supposed to supplement your diet, it's not like the whole food, yeah. and that's where you, we've you've gone particularly recently, like very much down that like, you were talking about healthy, natural, like grow even like can you grow your own, or certainly mm. when you put something on your plate, in front of you, it's the whole thing, and you've made it yourself so you know exactly what's going in it, so buying less processed stuff and that sort yeah. of thing, that's more, if you're talking about principles or trends that we try to stick to, it's probably more like that, like, Less processed, yeah, or no processed if possible, and like more whole foods, and then that way automatically you're having more nutrient dense foods. Yeah. You're also having less if you're going less processed, then you're getting much less refined sugars, um, and then but you're able to keep just like a rounded diet. I yeah. think the big the big thing for me is like if you're going to try and be like you said, not overnight. Don't try and make anything like solve all your problems overnight, and it's also <coughs> about make it it does take effort and time because you've got to plan you've got to be prepared to plan so you need to actually get the stuff in so that you can actually make and cook it you then actually got to then do it Um, I know for me I've just had a sandwich from the coffee shop because we've left the house in a rush this morning I didn't have time to bring myself anything with me Um, so that in terms of my strategy was poor but then I was in a rush trying to get out there and that's just what real life is and I yeah. just don't stress over the fact that I had a sandwich when I don't normally eat a lot of bread but yeah. it's not a, don't stress about it.
1: I think that's so much about nutrition is actually preparation and planning, yeah. um, there's some other stuff, just the protein and the supplementation thing that came about as I was some research and listening to people that know, scientists that know a lot about protein and are well respected listening to them and saying actually this whole anabolic window like i'm just gonna yeah the police will be on the way in a minute like maybe there's no maybe the anabolic window isn't as important as people thought it might be especially for non-professional athletes that are like myself training in and around a a busy schedule um that haven't got to worry about as soon as i put that last rep finish that last rep i need to be banging down a protein shake full of flavorings and sweeteners and and again, like we go, oh protein's healthy, right? Well not if it's full of flipping crap sweeteners. Yeah. So if we do use a protein, it will be an organic, like natural, unflavored way. way. Unflavored way. So again, just keeping it as simple and, and that for being for convenience. But the idea being actually protein takes a while to digest. So if you've had a meal a couple of hours before you train, you've got some amino acids in your in your system. You train so your body's able to use those from the meal you had before you trained. And then you're probably gonna eat two hours afterwards. So that whole process is there's, there's enough protein floating around the system so my experiment was that i just tracked my calories for a week and um, to see how much protein I was, I was consuming there was no supplementation within that and for me um my body weight i was my, my thresholds for 1.2 to 1.8 kilos uh, grams of protein per kilo of body mass would put me at about 90 to 135 grams of target protein then 135 was was me at 1.8 which most people say and again, the scientist Stu Phillips is a guy who's done a lot of work in this area. If you want to go and look at what a guy knows about protein, would we'll say any more than that, and actually the drop-off is quite significant. There is little additional benefit of consuming more because the body can't process it, can't use it. Um, and what I found, I was hitting between 130 and 135 every single day without really having to, well, without supplementing, but I'm mindful of eating protein, but I'm not running around the kitchen every two hours looking for a chicken breast, Like right? yeah. And not stressing about it. So my, my approach now is that if I'm gonna use a protein that I'll be in the situation like Jack mentioned today, I'm rushing out the house, I know I'm gonna be out the day, out the house all day, I've got yeah. sessions with athletes, I need something, I know that I'm not gonna go and get a full meal so I'll make some buckwheat porridge and I'll put a scoop of protein in it. So it is supplementing my lifestyle rather than me thinking, crikey, and just gonna eat some constant consume protein, consume protein. And the world has gone and got itself in a really messed up place with nutrition. I went around to a friend's house for a barbecue the week and she was like, I need to get more protein I'm like, how do you know well people are being told that because yeah. Weetabix are now doing a know Weetabix protein so if, if Weetabix say you need more protein then you probably do and I can get a, I can get a, a Snickers protein bar now like people like <laughs> so yeah I've, I've gone back to basics the other thing to take away for me is I get a lot of enjoy I enjoy cooking I enjoy time in the, in the kitchen it's a bit of a hobby but get into vegetarian cookbooks if you're not going to put meat on a plate then some of the recipes that you're getting from vegans and, and, and vegetarian sources is flipping incredible because they actually go to some effort to think about how you can make what we would see as a relatively normal bland food flipping amazing. And there's some really cool stuff out there. That is why we don't talk about nutrition. Crack yeah. I could carry on but let's not. There'll
0: be more to come. More yeah to we've come. got a
1: big project actually in this lined up with some education which is actually that yeah. I'm really passionate excited about but again
0: um, yeah, and getting, we're, we're working some people to be able to them to give us a bit, with experience yeah. and expertise, to give us um, a nice insight into some of those <coughs> principles around what we should, should, yeah. what we should be eating more of and we should be trying to I think what's going to be minimise. really interesting
1: about that is that we've both tried a lot of different things and actually sitting down with somebody going, this is the reality of what you've done, yeah. like it's going to be quite educational for us in going, let's just, we've experienced quite a lot, we've arrived right at this point, but this is the logic and the
0: principle behind it. I'm
1: going to stop there.
0: Okay, question number two is from Wolfie Dragon, not Billy Dragon. We wonder whether we wonder whether people are making up surnames. I wonder, Wolfie, is that your first name? and Is Dragon really a surname? I don't know, but anyway, they, they I love know, it. They know how to sit your surname. <laughs> uh, and he says, hey guys, and it's hey with an, hey, with an A rather than an a. I like that, farmers. <laughs> yeah. Loving the videos. Just like to say thanks that you've been very helpful. And he's still trying to work on his muscle up, but that will be a thing of the past soon because I assume Wolfie, you've got your muscle up uh, guide yeah. that we launched last week. Um, anyway, he um, says other nice things about us <laughs> to get himself on. And then he was just asking a question about um, what a regular training week looks like. And he was saying for for us and for his example for him is he does two days a week um, body weight or calisthenics. And um, one one session weightlifting. Then he also likes doing some hit, like skipping, jump rope, um, as part of his. Uh, twi- there's a hit training twice in a week as part of his week. And what would make up ours? And I know, bit interest, I'm interested in what you've got on this because you're um, always trying to fit it in and around work. And just your work situation has changed more recently that you've. Yeah, I think you've been training a little bit more. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, yeah, So just give. What does what does a you go first, and then I'll go. What is a normal week look like maybe what does it what do you want it what does it look like what would you and then what What's would you like it to look like
1: so what it looks like is a relatively flexible approach to training in that i train when i can um, i've got a, a little baby at home um, i've got work is a little bit sort of not unpredictable but we, it brings it takes us around and about and, and there's, there's there's quite a lot of stuff going on so i generally fit in sessions when i when i can so i have options where i can train at the gym i've got a setup a, a very basic but i um, have more than adequate setup at home Um, so my and then if I I prioritize at the beginning of my week this is what I really want to get done this week and there remember my my, my major movement goals might be my particular focus is at the moment is around just broadening my calisthenics base and we would call that sort of intermediate focus where I'm just looking at different progressions of push-ups different pull-ups and just building strength in different ways as opposed to sort of specifically chasing a front lever or a flag or, or whatever it might yeah. be but having said that within that i'm ticking over with, my, with some front lever work and some planche work and yeah. they're just isometric holds not very exciting but just keeping them moving forwards yeah. so that if i can get to the gym i prioritize the things i can do in the gym handstand push-ups i can't really do those at home and then it, it kind of like it evolves around through that so the reality is what i would like my training week to look like and what my training week is actually like so far removed it's almost just I, I couldn't focus on not getting done what I, what I think I should be doing because I just drive myself crazy. So I like to get out for a run. If I, I didn't get to do that last week just because circumstances didn't fit in. Um, fitting in the lower body training, so if I'm doing a body work, I'm doing a lot of um, dumbbell lunge type works. So I'm getting some, some shoulder development. I'm getting some cleans back in my program. Um, I'm getting some hamstring work in my program. Um, some pistol with any sort of single leg variations, maybe some box jumps and that sort of stuff. So it's relatively sort of like, it's, there's quite a lot in there. What, what it boils down to is how much time I've got this week, when do I think I'm going to train, and therefore what are the priorities that I'm going to fit into it. Okay. If I could, I would get probably, the idea would be a lower body session in a week, I would probably try and get three calisthenic sessions in and a conditioning session. I reckon that's probably, I could always say, well, I'm going to do six six days a week, but I would say my ideal and then the real, that is something yeah. which might be achievable. That's probably realistic for me to go double training sessions every day, conditioning in the, in the afternoon, strength yeah. in the morning, like never going to happen. So yeah. there's no
0: beating myself up Yeah, like but that. and also what you because the last question is going to go into this a little bit as well, like what can your body handle? So it's all yeah. right going like actually I'd like to do two sessions a week on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and conditioning on Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, mm. but, but the body would just be smoked. Yeah. So I know I couldn't, I couldn't handle that amount of load. And particularly as we get older, maybe yeah, when I was younger, yeah. I could do more like... Um, used to do some quite heavy, but I was playing rugby like in pre-season, like double session days and even triple session days, but a lot younger back then. <laughs> than, um, recovering in between, like having to do a full day's work compared to just go home and just sit on the sofa yeah. and just chill. Um, but so uh, that's the thing, right? Like you got a job, you come home like finish at the end of the day and I'm just absolutely smoked. Yeah.
1: Like, we have an active job, it's not like we sat in front of a, a computer screen all day and then all of a sudden I've got my energy to go to the gym, like we're yeah. busy all day. And again, that, that training design is, is, is such a like a broad area it's just like nutrition like there's so many yeah. different things that you could do but I think that for me prioritize what you want to achieve and if that doesn't include doing legs twice a week because the fitness industry says that you should do because that's not a priority for you don't worry about it but like, you yeah. have trainings about fun like enjoy what you're doing and if someone says oh you skip leg day yeah right, I did sorry What's gonna happen now? Like nothing. I'm just gonna do what I enjoy doing, and I'm gonna enjoy my training. Yeah. Sorry.
0: And <laughs> like for me, trying to get trying to get too much stuff in is one of my, one of the biggest problems. So getting enough rest in. Um, what I've started to try and do now is like front load, like you were saying, front load the week in terms of going, like trying to have the weekend off, like training personally. You do a part um, run on the Saturday. Then oh yeah, a so like <laughs> um, I almost don't like go out on road bike and misses sometimes just ad hoc, and then go out for a run once a week. Yeah. or do the five k part runs. Did a PB two weeks ago, nineteen forty five. Rapid. Um That's pretty big, lad, is it? <laughs> but, uh, but generally going like so, when I start Monday, it should be fresh or feeling relatively fresh and do the hardest stuff that I'm working on on a Monday. Yeah. So at the moment that's like planche and front beaver stuff. So that's when I'm that's to do the hardest things at the front of the front end of the week when I'm when I'm should be most fresh. Then I want to go into the second day, so Tuesday I do a low body session. So leave that upper body alone and do a lower body. Wednesday just try and rest and maybe just do like some recovery stuff or just literally rest and maybe a little bit of mobility. So then freshen up again for then on Thursday to do some like Handy stands, uh, works. Handy handstand stands. W- handy stands, handstand <laughs> work, or something a little bit more, not quite, not the same as the Monday session, but a little bit more of a like a harder calisthenic session. Because I've just had Tuesday leaving upper body alone, Wednesday off, and then leaving Friday when I'm at the end of the week, you smoke to just do some real basics. Not have to come in and think hard about stuff or even prep really hard. If you just literally get like some good pull-ups, and good dips done and some core work and just keep it real simple on that last day, because I think that's a mistake <coughs> I've made in the past, Is like, always trying to work on loads of really hard stuff, and sometimes it's like, not just physically tired at the end of it, it's really mentally smoked as well, and I don't even have to think about what I can do, whereas just having a session where I go, actually, it's just, I'm just gonna do like three exercises, pull-ups, dips, hollow rocks, and just work through like five rounds of them, or something like that. Um, what I did this week was I've written down, like, I think to try and get everything I want to do in a week is actually starting to be impossible. Juggle all the different things I want to carry on working on um, and then just keep juggling some other stuff. So, like, maybe I don't want to work on my flag anymore, but I need to keep it topped up so it's good enough for demonstration. So, you're juggling quite a lot of stuff. So, I've written down, I think, seven sessions in total and not to try and do those seven sessions in a week, but in, in like, a two-week cycle, can I get through seven sessions or six sessions so that it's rather than them thinking about it being every week it's actually I've got like a two-week cycle to work through it's going to help me keep on top of these things I think a little bit better I'll let everybody know how that goes but that's my that's my train of thought currently at the moment which seems logical to me do hard stuff at the beginning of the week and work in a two-week cycle than a one-week cycle yeah so the third and final question comes from Reece Davis who um he asked a question on Uh, YouTube and he was also on Twitter and I hit him up actually on Twitter saying are you the same Reese Davis and he was like yes I'm all over everything he reckons he follows us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, newsletters out so he's a good guy. Good on you good on you. So he's uh, says he's 35 he's doing calisthenics for six months so just a baby in terms of calisthenics you might think that actually six months is a long time but it's no time at all. Um, So similar age to us that's right, I'm 35, not 45. <laughs> and Tim is 36, not 26. Um, and he's been developing some elbow issues recently and it turned out as a result of increasing his push-up training, or that's what he, th- he thinks or feels, um, and overstressing the connective tissue. Um, and he want, his question was about the injury, and I've got an elbow issue myself at the moment as well, which so I'll go into that a little bit. Um, and he was asking, he felt like he was pushing on too much, so was, his question was about, um, how many weeks do you stay at a given exercise or progression before moving on, in terms of okay. trying to progress well, but also like not overload and get eventually yeah. injured?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a real issue. There's a real issue in calisthenics because we come into it and it's so exciting but you can't help but want to do loads of it. Yeah. So we did the same thing, I was coming in five days a week, maybe like trying to do calisthenics, and all of a sudden you're like, my elbows are in
0: bits. <laughs> I remember doing, the first thing we both did was a, was a back lever, and I remember training for a back lever, and first time we did one, we were flipping, loved it like amazing, but then you go, we both said, remember that feeling, that tingly like <laughs> nerve <laughs> sensation all the way <laughs> down your arm from your shoulder, you're like, yeah that's weird, but just like crack on. Should we do another one? <laughs> yeah. I think so. Um, and I think that that's something that we,
1: we people who start in classics really need to be aware of. That yeah. It's true, I'm
0: laughing and yeah. joking, but it's dead serious.
1: Fascial connective tissue, um, ligaments, tendons, all that sort of stuff, which is holding the muscles and the, and the skeletal system um, together and in place, that takes a lot longer to heal than a muscle. So we would normally go, right, I'm going to go and do a weight training session, let's say, like more, yeah. like no, no, more normal, um, standard weight training. And you might be able to do six sessions a week, Well, the connective tissue load in those exercises is far less than what we're experiencing in calisthenics. Gymnasts get away with it because they've been doing it for a lot of a lot of them from such a young age. So their connective tissue and um, and uh, ligaments etc. has started to develop from a much earlier stage. And as they, they ve- yeah, and
0: they're very very slow in their progressions. Yeah. Whereas when we haven't got a gymnastics coach in front of us saying, "Nope, you're not allowed to do that yet." Yeah. Whereas where you might be in the gym on your own, just like cracking on, like you say, yeah, getting yeah. excited. Um, I think like the isometrics are a big one that we mm. don't do a lot of that work generally in training, and that puts a lot of stress on yeah. that connective tissue.
1: The lower body can handle more of it. Like it's, it's yeah. years, it's thirty-five years of you like, walking about and loading it and running and, and all this yeah. sort of stuff. As you've got, we haven't done that much of that kind of intensity work on your body, and that's why. The shoulders, and, and and this is aside from people actually probably, well not probably, but people having significant postural um, dysfunction in their upper body because of our lifestyles, and we yeah. talk a lot about that in our workshops. Shoulder issues, previous injuries, poor training habits. Like I've got an email once from a guy going, I started a push-up challenge. I started with 100 push-ups a day, and it got up to 300 push-ups today. Now my shoulders hurt, and I was like, what else are you doing? I nothing. That was it. And it's like. That sort of that can really get you in a bit of a bad state because all you're doing is, is, is rounding yourself yeah. off, and then we get pain. And we're like, yeah, it's like yeah. the body likes balance. And I think um, there's,
0: there's some other stuff. Where I was talking to a physio recently about. Um, you, we can talk about like we've been walking on our legs for 35 years, 36 years, um, and I've only been trying to do handstands for three. Mm. But if I'd have been doing handstands for 35 years as well, yes, i would be better adapted for it. But the shoulder joint is still very different to the hip it joint, is, yeah. and therefore it's not like designed to you're not necessarily designed for you your hip is designed for you to take load on your mm. feet whereas your shoulder isn't designed it's more designed for dexterity yeah. and movement right so there is a difference and so we're not designed to do calisthenics specifically if that makes sense yeah. so, but through gymnastics shows us that we can train the body to do lots of different things and we talk about redefining an impossible and that's what it's like but we need to that's something I'm having to get better at is understanding where our maybe limitations are and how we have to be a bit more gentle about the way we progress and load certain things. Yeah.
1: I spoke to somebody, a, a coach who's starting to get involved a little <laughs> bit more with, with this calisthenics training and I said to him, just remember with calisthenics when you're starting out, so many times less is more. Like you yeah. think you want to do more, but actually do less. When, yeah. you, when you think, should I do that session, like this was one thing from the session, from the question before I was going to mention, You your approach to training has evolved and, let's say matured yeah. to a point where you would come in feeling like you should be able to do a hard session doing a hard session and then paying for it in terms of actually breaking down it's those sessions where you either go right I want to train but I'm not feeling great make a better decision do something easier or unload that joint do a low body session conditioning session be flexible with it um, and building that rest, and actually, what you'll find is if you can avoid golfer's elbow, your progression is going to be yeah. way quicker. Because I had golfer's elbow for a period of time. And the only reason it went away was because I got so busy at work I couldn't train. Because while I wasn't that busy, I would just keep training because I wanted to, and yeah. you never really kind of you never really get on top of it. Yeah. So I, I think, especially like six months in, make sure you're building in appropriate rest times structure your training week so that you like jacko was saying before you've got days off in between so don't necessarily think you can get away every day um doing calisthenics um and pick put some stuff in if you want to train body weight pick some stuff in or put some stuff in which is easier like focus a little bit more on the core like that that is a massive investment which will pay off in the longer term keep working on lower body work and then (coughs) excuse me the other thing i was going to mention was that's one real key part of our framework is preparation movement preparation Making time before you start your session, preferably after, and even on recovery days, to mobilise joints, to get in yeah. some soft, some self massage and uh, soft tissue release, and just like you, you, you have to look after yourself way more than you would do if you're going to go in and just do chest and back day.
0: Yeah, it's like on the workshops when we do like test retest, like coming into a session and like what's what's the sh- shoulder range of motion like in full flexion overhead or mm. internal rotation, What's normal for you And when you come in the gym and you and you feeling like super tight like are you doing anything about it like what what's the body actually feeling like saying listening to yourself a bit better. yeah and you know, I like during my rugby career as I got older and matured I got way better listening to my body and what it can do and I mm. haven't applied that particularly well with my calisthenics mm. yet um, in terms of progressing progression and progressing um, we would often in our with our like strength and conditioning work with the Paralympians we deal with we'd work through like four week cycles of yeah. three week load one week deload and your progression can be based around that but um everyone's for us to say you should do x movement or hold and hold and do that for four weeks and then you're ready to move on well that's not going to be viable for everybody because everyone's going to progress at different speeds so um, some things that i would suggest for you markers of when you're ready to progress is like one, how long can you actually hold something for? If you can only hold and move, say you're doing like a, an isometric hold, like let's take a flag, one of my favourites. If you can only hold a tuck flag for one or two seconds, then you don't need to be worrying about straightening your legs out yet. So, yeah. And a good one on that is like, so time can you hold? And it <laughs> doesn't need to be four minutes. Someone sent us some comments saying that they've, they've done a frog stand for four minutes. Do you think I'm ready to progress yet? Um, chances are, yes, yeah, yeah, so you don't need to wait till four minutes. You were three and a half minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> probably, fine. probably a while ago. Um, how comfortable are you when you're in a movement or progression like can you breathe or are you absolutely smoked to get that done can you do one or two sets or actually can you hold five sets for ten seconds or something mm. like that and I think Tim uses a phrase or coin a phrase that like, earn the right to progress I think you know when you if you deep down you know when you're ready to move on to something like does it still feel almost impossible, and he just got it or does it start to feel more comfortable? And just don't be in a rush to. Yeah. The proof's in the pudding, right? Try the progression. You can't do it. You gotta go back. Yeah. It's real simple. Yeah. Rather
1: than trying the progression and continue trying it, fail, 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 uh, it's it. Okay, it feels like I've got something to play around with there. Do more of it. Yeah. If not, you can't do it, and it just feels impossible. So wind it
0: back again. Yeah. Because the other first. thing is, we say like, oh, you should do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this then you can progress. Mm-hmm. You will get into that point where I was at where. You're coming into the gym you're like well i've got to, this is my plan this is what i've got to do but i feel terrible today yeah. chances of you getting injured then are higher so like i've picked up an elbow injury about seven weeks ago the two weeks before i got injured i felt invincible my tra- the best two weeks training i think i'd ever had i couldn't believe how good i felt um and then i was doing a, a front lever to muscle up came over the top and something just went in my in my elbow um, the biggest thing that i've done and that you need to do if you get injured is seeing a physio and i've actually yeah, seen two yeah. physios now and at first of all, I thought it was just the, the, the tendon, it wasn't golf as a tense, but it's actually like done something to the tendon, like strain the tendon um, that goes across the, uh, uh, your elbow here, that connects the um, tricep. And so it, they grade um, tears on like one, two, three, three being the worst. And he described it as a, as a 0.5 um, and didn't expect it to be too bad. So, like two weeks, bit of deload, you'll be fine. Um, and it hasn't been the case. I've seen another physio and is looking at actually the joint is being inflamed, so I need to do some work on getting that inflammation down, and that seems to be helping. Um, But the the, the most important point for you is, you need to go and get, if you're injured, you need to go and get um, some expert help from a physio or a doctor, Um, not expect us to be able to answer your question like, so I've got an elbow pain, and it's different to the elbow pain I've had on, I've had golfer's elbow, like Tim done before, and it's not the same thing. Um, I've had tennis elbow a long time ago unrelated to calisthenics and it's a different injury so just because you've got elbow pain doesn't mean it's the same as us. so you shouldn't be yeah. asking us or anyone else on YouTube or whatever to give you your answers of your rehab programme you need to go and see someone a professional
1: there's a few things that we can fix ourselves but I yeah. don't, in this situation I don't even try and fix Jacko's elbow yeah. as a strength and conditioning coach I go you need to go and see a physio it's yeah. not my, it's not my yeah, job yeah. Uh, it's not my realm of expertise and it's a complicated drawing there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. but the last thing I was going to make is that D-load week Painful. Don't train for a week or at least massively drop the the volume that you're doing down. You can keep the intensity up, but you need to do way less volume. Uh, That's brutal and takes some discipline. But remember... I need to do one. You have to (laughs) recover if you're going to get better. Keep training, you're just going to end up deeper in the hole. And then you've got way, way, way further to get out. And one week won't be enough. So keep on top of it, train, three-week load, take a week off, get some adaptation and then go again. It's rough and it requires some discipline because we love training. But it's a science and it's what yeah. we do with the best
0: in the world. So, can I'm learn gonna from that. try and have a deload next week.
1: It doesn't mean you don't you can't train. It just means that you, you, you need to r- wind to it, it back a little bit. Yeah. And then. you can still, you might, rather than doing four sets, you might just do one. So, you keep yeah. things ticking over, but you're not seeking adaptation yeah. and, and like overloading all the time. Body can only handle so, handle so much stress. So, I'm gonna have a week off and I'm gonna see if we come back next week and if that's any bigger. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Well, the, yeah, we can, we, we can revisit that if you, if you want. <laughs> I'm happy to. It'd be a great question. Is right. Jacko bigger?
0: <laughs> yes or no? I don't know. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed it, guys, we'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. And if you want to put a one-star one on that, that's also fine, but we'll
1: just delete it. <laughs> Until next time, class dismissed.